Welcome. Thank you for being here. I am Silvina Fernandez-Duque. Hi, friendly faces. Um, I work at the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C. Um, and this presentation is Get Inside Their Heads, Learning from Visitors. So it's a little flippant title. Um, it's my sort of shorthand of um, making sure that we are talking to visitors and understanding um, what they are experiencing in um, the museum and with our particular subject matter. Um, so just curious, how many people in the room do visitor research as part of your work? Okay, so any one of you could be giving this talk. <laughs> um, I come at it, um, oh boy. Oh no, I'm having serious technical difficulties today, okay. Um, okay, so I'm going to have to wing it today. Um, so I, I work, it's okay. I, I, my technical skills are not up to par today. But I work in a group called Future Projects, um, and we are all about prototyping and, um, and testing and asking questions and looking at new technologies and new techniques and trying to figure out what does it mean in a museum setting, what does it mean with our particular content. So we're a small team. Um, and you know, prototyping is embedded in the work um, that we do. So we, part of our mandate also is to kind of spread this culture throughout our institution. This um, image just shows um, a picture of um, a project that we did with um, Parsons School of Design and some um, of their graduate students, which was an amazing collaboration. Um, and an opportunity came up at the museum to have a space um, that we could use specifically for visitor testing. And we branded it, we called it Studio 3. We actually did some title testing for what we should call it. Um, we had been using internal language museum experience lab. So we tested that out. We learned anything with lab at the Holocaust Museum is not a good idea. So <laughs> we um, gave it um, this name, Studio 3, um, and it sort of had double duty. It was both a space where we could go in there and pop up exhibitions or little small um, testing um, sites and at the same time in its downtime it would also be kind of a lounge where we people could sit and charge their phones and relax um, so it, it's we've it's been up for about a year um, and we've done a few different we've done lots and lots of different things in that space um, and I'm going to share two of um, the projects that we we did with um, not just our team, but also um, teams um, throughout the institution. So this kind of work really is um, more formative evaluation, right? It's the stuff that you do at the beginning of a design process. Um, you really want to make sure that you are understanding how things are landing with your visitors as you're developing things. Um, so this particular project was based, um, was, a, was uh, the project team um, was taking an existing temporary exhibition called Americans of the Holocaust, which is open right now, um, and designing a traveling version, um, kind of a, a, a panel exhibition that could be popped up in libraries around the country. And um, they wanted to understand sort of what, um, how particular um, um, pieces of the exhibition were being understood. So in this, there were a bunch of things that they tested. This is just one of them. and, and in particular, this graphic, um, which in the exhibition is a room size installation infographic. This is not a great picture, but um, on the left hand, 
side, there's a wall that has two pieces of information. Don't really want to get into too many details about the specifics of the content, but the top half shows um, the number of the quota for the visas that they were that were available in the U.S. for immigrants coming from Europe, and then the bottom half shows um, the the number of people on the waiting list. Um, so it's it's room scale, so it's showing a lot of information. And this was this graph here is kind of the first attempt at trying to capture all of that information. So they took this. Um, to the floor of the museum. They went to Studio 3 and they asked visitors um, a bunch of questions. Um, and some of the interview questions um, that they asked were, in your own words, can you describe what you think this is about? Um, so having open-ended questions um, is really important in this kind of work because just, you just want to get people to talk to you um, and tell you what they're thinking. Um, Another type of question is having them rank things. So in this case, you know, there were specific elements that they were looking at, and they had them rank them from most um, to least interesting. And then you probe why. Again, you're trying to like, get people to talk to you, um, asking if they found anything confusing or difficult to understand, and then closing with kind of an open-ended question of, you know, what, else, what else do you want to share with me? So all of that, you know, the data that you're collecting are really people's words, um, and they're thinking through um, thinking through things. So one of the, um, you know, what made this particular test successful was um, a few things. In this particular case, the project team was working with an outside designer. So, um, and they were also, they had an established exhibition that was already complete and they had the learning goals and the objectives already established. So they built the testing, they knew specifically what they were looking for, and they built testing into the schedule with the designer, which was not um, something that this company had previously done, um, but they embraced it, and they, they you know, took the results of the testing um, to heart, and they built it into their, into their schedule. Um, the curator had already articulated key messages for each section, so that was what the team was measure, measuring against when they were doing the testing. Also, all of the team members were involved, um, so everybody understood why they were asking certain questions. Everybody had a chance to, um, to talk to visitors and understand um, kind of the responses that they were getting. Um, and everybody could defend what the results were of the, um, of the test. And they took the time to plan, execute, and um, reflect on the results, which is this, this type of work takes a lot of time, um, and you really have to you know, build it into to the schedule, especially you know, the analysis that you do on the back end. It's when you do this kind of qualitative testing, you're not gonna get obvious answers and you have to take the time to sort of think things through. Um, so this was the change that happened over the course of several, several iterations. Um, and um, this is the next project that I wanna talk about, which is more about kind of an exploratory evaluation. Um, so in this case, we were looking at AR and we didn't really have um, specific goals or objectives in mind that we were looking at. We were just kind of exploring this new technology and trying to understand could we use it um, to enhance some poster sets. So we have, um, we have some poster sets that are adapted from um, temporary exhibitions that are available electronically. Um, and people print them out and they can put them on display in different situations, teachers in a classroom and things like that. And there, but there's a lot of extra content that goes along with it. So there's some videos and we thought, well, is AR a good way to kind of deploy some of this, um, some of this extra content? How would, how would we use that? How would, you know, 
visitors kind of experience the AR component. Um, so in this case, we just wanted to kind of get some baseline data about how people were experiencing AR with the poster set. So we weren't necessarily measuring against particular goals. Um, we, and so in that case, because it was so open-ended, we did some observations as well as asking people some interview questions. Um, and we asked both about the functionality of the technology and AR, as well as the kind of experience and the meaning that people were having in this, um, in this experience. So we set up eight uh, posters. I think the full poster set was like 20. Some of the posters had an AR component, some didn't. You know, we wanted to know, would people just go to the ones that had the AR? Would they look at all of them? Um, you know, would they watch all of the, you know, the, the, the AR content that popped up were you know, videos of historical film footage or oral history testimonies? Would people watch those things all the way through? So we had a whole bunch of questions. Um, and here are some of the inter sample interview questions that we asked. Again, some open-ended questions. What did you think? Um, what were your impressions? Did anything stand out for you? Those are some of my favorite questions to sort of just get people talking and trying to understand how they're thinking and, and have them walk you through their, um, their experience. How did it feel to use the phone? Um, would you be interested in something like this? You know, preference questions can be kind of hard. Sometimes people just want to say what they think you want to hear. Um, you know, people could say, yes, that sounds great, and then when you actually build it and put it out there, they don't use it. So those kinds of questions can be a little tricky. Um, I also really like um, Likert scales, so on a scale of one to seven, um, you know, how would you, you know, how would you rate this experience? And then you ask a probing question, why? And, you know, those two data points can be really helpful to try to understand, um, you know, how people are experiencing something. We also, this is a sample of the observation amazing person on our staff created this great checklist. So the combination of what people were doing with how they were thinking it through kind of gave us this pile of, of qualitative data to, to sort through. Um, so let me see where we're going to Okay. So just some sort of practical tips about, um, you know, when you're doing this kind of qualitative work and working with your visitors um, is to ask for consent, ensure confidentiality, you know, the script that you have when you, you know, do your, your ask is really important. You know, you want to make sure that you make people comfortable, that they understand that this is anonymous. Um, and, you know, that, that takes practice to, to kind of, you know, figure out how to, how to introduce yourself and how to explain what you're doing. Um, also talk to a range of visitors. Um, you know, don't just go for the people that look nice and make you feel comfortable. Um, when you're doing this kind of thing, you want to make sure your sample is, is random. You don't have to do a statistical number of people, but um, it's important to, to make sure you're talking to a range of people. Also test your instrument. Um, test your questions out with a small number of people before you go out and, and do, um, you know, your full scale um, evaluation. Um, make sure that you're asking the question the right way. It's not too confusing. So just, you just need a few people to, to test that out. Um, Open-ended questions are great. And really listen and be respectful and um, take it as an opportunity um, and a privilege that you are getting to hear people's stories and, and have them share with you what they're thinking. Um, Google Forms and Sheets are actually a really great way to collect the data. I like to take notes by hand when I'm talking to people, and then I transcribe all of that and putting it into a Google Form standardizes it so you can send it to anybody on the team that um, 
that did the interview, and then all of that gets exported into a spreadsheet that then you can sort through, um, take photos and document everything. You're gonna forget how you set something up or what you were thinking. Um, when you are looking at um, your data and you're interpreting it, every time you come back to people's comments, you're gonna have different insights. So if you code something a certain way, and you know, you're, you're understanding somebody's answer in a certain way, you know, document why you decided to you know, categorize it in a certain way. So when you come back, you know what you were thinking. Um, and just when you're doing this kind of work, be curious, be self-reflective, um, critique how you're doing things, and um, continually improve um, the way that you are doing this. It takes a lot of practice. Um, you're gonna do some bad tests um, on your way to doing really good ones, um, and there isn't a magic instrument that has like the perfect questions to ask. Each situation, each scenario is a little bit different, um, so you wanna make sure that you're, you're doing this work and, and getting better at it. Um, so just sort of some concluding thoughts. Um, doing this kind of qualitative work really builds capacity and knowledge among staff. So we really tried to um, build a culture of, of talking to visitors, um, doing this kind of work so um, that, our, that, the, that the projects that we're working on, the products that we're building are better, um, but also so that we can share this kind of information just a, across the institution. Um, it's always a good reminder when you're talking to visitors that you are not the target audience. You know, you can ask your colleagues, you know, hey, check this out, look at this, what do you think? But um, at the end of the day, you're serving a different audience. So just, it's, when you talk to visitors, it's just a continual reminder of, um, you know, that they see things differently than we do <laughs> on the inside of staff. Um, visitors are really generous. At least our visitors are really generous. Um, even when they're rejecting you and they're telling you no, they're all really nice about it. So don't let that stop you from, <laughs> from talking to your visitor visitors. Um, I am an off-the-charts introvert. I find this work really, really hard. But I do it because every time I do, I have amazing conversations with people, and it's always valuable, and it's always validating the work that we're doing. So I encourage you, even though it's hard to do it, um, and, and it takes time. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time, and it takes practice, um, but you will have a better product at the end for it. So thank you. <laughs> okay, I think <laughs> even with the tricky start, um, I left some time for questions. Do you mind speaking into the mic? Thank you. Um, so, so, Sylvina, could you uh, maybe give one or two examples of how doing these visitor surveys has really helped you, or has has caused you to change some of the exhibitions that you were that you were planning? And I'm particularly interested also in what you found out about the use of AR, but that's two separate things. Um, so specific examples of how we changed? Based on what you discovered Something, from um, doing this evaluations. So I didn't put this particular one up. Um, we are, um, so we're working on an exhibition right now on um, the Rohingya Muslim community in Burma. Um, and we, um, we're trying to figure out, I don't have any, uh, so, uh, we're trying to figure out which image to use as an attract for, um, for the entrance to the exhibition. 
so people would see it coming out of the permanent exhibition um, across the hall and you know they might see a, a big photo mural and maybe a title so what which image should basically our question was which image should we use to get people intrigued and come walk down the hall and come into this new exhibition and so we all had our favorite um, photos that we loved and we're like oh let's definitely use this one this one's great and but we knew we had to test it um, and the ones that we loved flopped like there was an image of a man, you know, looking out into the distance over the refugee camp, and you know, we just thought that this was, you know, so poignant, and you know, beyond the refugee camp were the mountains of Burma, and he's, you know, in a refugee camp in Bangladesh, and without context, you know, people said things like, "Oh, he looks like a guard at the camp." or you know, just other things. We're like, "Oh my God, I never would have thought of that." Um, and we realized, okay, we have to kill this darling and use the one that, you know, and it's still a picture that's great and that we love, but it wasn't one of our favorites. And so that was, again, like, you know, we had to put things in front of people to understand what they were thinking and how they were reacting. So that's kind of one example. And we can talk about AR. <laughs> I'm wondering if staff had anxiety about sharing like works in progress or things that are in prototype phase and if how if you have any advice for getting past that. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of perfectionists um, and I think you just have to you just have to sort of embrace it and get comfortable with it. Um, and you know, I think once you once you just commit and decide to do the work, the results that you get are so valuable that you that it'll make up for any sort of anxiety you feel about putting something out that's kind of half to bake. And it really does make your work better. And it doesn't have to look sloppy. And, you know, to be fair, some of these, the first one that I showed you um, with Amer the Americans and the Holocaust, those prints were huge and they actually cost a lot of money to print. Um, but we didn't have to do it that way. Um, and, you know, sometimes just printing something out large scale is enough and you know when they were testing actually the text for that they realized okay the text in this caption isn't working they went to the printer they printed out a new thing and they just like pasted it up um, people are actually really visitors are really really forgiving you know if you introduce it as you know we're testing something out and you're helping us out it doesn't need to look perfect um, you're there all the time you're not really walking away from it so there's always context for for anything that seems a little half-baked when you're doing it Hi, I just had a question about um, the staff you use to approach and interview visitors. Were you using existing floor staff or did you have to hire out and train different people? So it was kind of a mix actually. Um, the, the sort of the project was defined by the staff that the project team, um, but then we trained people. If we needed extra hands, we just trained people. We explained kind of the context of the project you know, how to ask the questions. So it can be a little tricky sometimes because, you know, um, there's sort of a lot of nuance, especially with the follow-up questions and how you probe. Um, so sometimes people just do sort of more of a checklist, like I've asked this question, I've written down their answer, and I ask the next question. Um, so I think how you script things and how you train people is important, um, but 
if you need extra hands, you know, absolutely, definitely. You just have to give some context to what it is. It's not like, here's a survey, go administer this. It, it's a little more nuanced than that. Um, I apologize if I missed this. I'm curious about the inception of the room itself, specifically like, was that, like my institution, or even though we're, we have a pretty big campus, every square foot of kind of space is, is, is demanded for, and I'm curious how you even yeah. made the case to say, hey, let's carve out 1,500 yeah. square space to yeah. Thank do you. stuff that I don't even quite know what to tell you what's yeah. gonna happen, yeah. Thank I mean, you for, awesome. for asking that, actually. So um, this, the space that we used was in um, uh, a, a gallery that has, that's usually has temporary exhibitions in it. So it's kind of a, a corridor, four rooms with a hallway running all the way through it. And it's, sort of, it's one of the sort of exits um, out of the museum. So we come out of the permanent exhibition and there's a couple ways you can sort of leave. Um, and so pe sometimes people walk through this hallway because there's exhibitions in this space. So one of those exhibitions was closing down and the room sort of became available and we had sort of been pushing for a space where we could do this kind of work. And so they said yes. Um, so it was a 800 square foot room um, and you know the, it was a little bit limited um, we didn't but basically it was an empty box and we bought some furniture that we could move around um, like little poofs and benches and things um, and actually it was actually fascinating to see what people did with the movable furniture because you walk away and people actually like did their own little, you know, nooks and things. And one kid came in. He was like, "Oh my God, I want to build a fort," and like wanted to pile them all up. So, um, so yeah, it, it it was definitely a luxury. Um, it's going away in February probably because an exhibition is going to be going in there. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it it was. Um, but you don't need a space. You don't need a space to do this kind of stuff. We just got really lucky. Uh, this is only slightly related, um, but I really need to know what your results are from the AR poster testing. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't have those off the top of my head, but we let's we can talk. <laughs> um, okay, so I think we're at time. Thank you all. I will be here for a little bit. Um, if you have any more questions, I think there's coffee. Enjoy the conference. Thank you. Thank you.